Welcome to the Sawyer Highlands and Converge Community Church Sermon Podcast. Each week we will upload the sermon that was preached during the Sunday morning service at our New Buffalo campus in hopes that it will serve you well during the week. So sit back, relax, and may you be encouraged by the great hope you have in Jesus Christ as you listen to the preaching of God's Word. Welcome. I'm Pastor Rob again uh, from Sawyer Highlands up there, uh, the site pastor there up the street, and it's great to be with you again. It's been a while. Um, How are you doing? You're doing good? Good. Uh, We we ask that question from time to time. uh, to be polite, it's a greeting. Um, there's a guy who doesn't go to ch- a church. He moved away uh, up at Sawyer, and he would ask me, how you doing? And then he asked, how you really doing? Has anyone asked you that way? And you're, you're like, I'm in public. How do I respond to that? You know, if I'm doing good, that's okay. But if I'm not doing good, should I be honest? You know, some people from another culture might think, you know, this is, you don't really care. You know, this is, but this is how we greet each other. Um, there's so many different ways we could respond to how are we doing, right? There's so many different feelings, but for some of us, you know, we need some help. Uh, there's a, another guy who uh, attends at Sawyer. Um, he was, was a missionary. He still is a missionary, but does stuff locally and uh, on Zoom. And uh, His name's Mike Bowden. If you went to the mem- women's retreat uh, this last year, I think he did some of the teaching, and he's done stuff for the men. And Aiden showed me uh, back there in the sound booth that he did, he's done stuff with the youth. And he has this feeling wheel. So we've got a picture of the feeling wheel. Have you ever seen this? Um, I, I found this online. And in the center circle are those feelings that we, we, we know of, like happy, sad, scared, um, mad, you know, the really simple ones. And then the, the wheel goes out, and there's even more words to describe how we're feeling. Uh, specific words like disappointed, frustrated, rejected, bored, excited, content. And if you go to the next level, uh, the feelings uh, get more specific, like revolted. How are you feeling? I'm revolted. Uh, Annoyed, nervous, sleepy, thankful, perplexed. How you doing? I think of Joey, like, and friends, like, how you doing? Um, God cares about how we're doing, Uh, and and it's part of life. Uh, Our emotions are part of being human. This morning, we're finishing up our series in Proverbs. We started back in January, and we're talking about the subject of emotions. And if you're taking notes, here's the big idea. You want to put that up there? Proverbs teach us that how we deal with emotions and where they're directed matters to God. I'll say that again. Proverbs teach us that how we deal with emotions and where they're directed matters to God. When we began this study, uh, we said that this is written primarily by King Solomon 3,000 years ago. He's the third king of Israel. He is known for, the scriptures said, writing 3,000 proverbs. And someone wrote down how many proverbs are in 31 chapters of of the book and, and come up with about 800 of them. So we have about 800 of these proverbs that he wrote most of them. And um, he lectures his son, his sons, uh, plural, uh, and you see that specifically in chapters 1 through 9. He's giving advice before he passes on or passes the baton of leadership to the next generation. He talks about family relationships, marriage, uh, sexuality, money, communication, honesty, 
and, and so much more. And we've talked about these from time to time over the last year. And so now we're going to talk about what does it say about emotions and dive into that. Before we get a little further, let me just pray, and I appreciate you to agree in your heart with me. God, we thank you for your word. It is a lamp and a light to our feet and our path before us. We need you. We need your help to follow you. We thank you for this uh, country with freedom to study your word, to, to, to gather together, to sing, and to pray, and to learn. Guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, the big idea this morning is this. Aiden, if you want to bring that up again. Proverbs teach us that how we deal with emotions and where they're directed matters to God. Now, if you got our weekly email, you can sign, that, sign up for that if you didn't. If you get our weekly email, we write down the verses that we'll be looking at this week. And there are so many verses about emotion. And I'm only going to mention some of them and may mention some we haven't, that you may have not read before as well. Um, the first emotion, there's three I want to talk about. I want to talk about, I'll, I'll give you an overview, fear, um, fear, uh, anger, or hatred, and love. Fear, anger, and love. The first one we see here in all of the book is in verse 7 of chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, uh, we'll be moving around, and we'll also have them up here as well. I'm using the English Standard Version of the Bible. Chapter 1, verse 7, it discusses fear. And you, you might remember this verse. Chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So what's interesting here is he wants his kids, his, his boys, to be afraid. Which we don't normally think that way. He wants them to be afraid in a certain way, directed in a certain way. Fear the Lord. He mentions this fear of the Lord 18 times. And this is not what we typically think of when we think of fear. Jeff brought this up last week. It's not like being afraid of the dark or afraid of what people think or, or with future. It's not the, uh, this is different. This fear of the Lord is entirely different. Pastor Jeff mentioned it, it's like an awe or respect. We talked about that in our part of it in our Sunday school hour before this. As we looking at, we're looking at this passage, this, this reflection of who God is and our position before him. The Bible also says this is a beginning of knowledge. So it's not just a feeling, but there's a knowing here. This is a, a, something about wisdom and instruction. And it results, if we look at the other 18 times, it results in life. It results in riches and honor, and, and not necessarily the way we think of riches and honor. Fearing the Lord, the bottom line is it's a good thing. It's always a good thing. Something that, the, that Solomon wants his sons to, to get, to understand. But this isn't the only way that the idea or the emotion of fear is used in Proverbs. In chapter 29, verse 25, we get another use of this emotion that we don't want. Chapter 29, 25, it says this, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. So sometimes fear is a bad thing. It lays a trap. You think of a snare for an animal. It's a trap. It's not in line with trust. You know, if you look at the parallel there, it contrasts contrast trust and safety 
What is this fear of man? It's a form of unbelief. And if we tie that into chapter 1, verse 7, it, it is an ambivalence or even an animosity to God. Fearing man is backward. It's a type of fear. So what does it really look like, right? What does this really look like? It's a fear that succumbs to peer pressure. It goes with the flow. It short-circuits morality for the sake of what other people are thinking. Being more concerned what other people think than what God thinks. And maybe you can relate where, you know, it's just the pressure of trying to fit in is so great that you make a compromise or you've seen people make compromises. That's the fear of man. And perhaps you've even seen it this week. So with our big idea, how are we supposed to deal with this fear? He wants us to pursue the fear of the Lord. How do we deal with the fear of man or or other fears that we shouldn't have? Um, And we'll get that. It doesn't, are there times where we shouldn't, we we should actually fear men? Well, the Proverbs doesn't talk about every emotion in every situation. I think there is a general time when we should be afraid of people when they're, they're a threat to someone. But there are other times where that, even the threat of a person, um, it may be good to be bold and courageous. I think of Jesus telling his disciples that they're to go out and share the gospel and that they're going to face persecution and challenge. And what does he say to them? He says, don't fear those who can kill the body, but fear, but not to kill the soul. Instead, we're there to fear God. This fear of man is one that trips up our faith instead of bolsters it. It distances us from God instead of draws us near to him. Remember, Proverbs teach us that the fear, that, that in, in this case, fear or emotion can be good or bad. It's how we deal with it and where it's directed that matters. So how do we deal with fear? How do we direct our hearts to fear the Lord and not fear man when the pressure's on? Well, we're going to get to that, but let's, let's go to another emotion. Let's talk about the emotion of anger. If you're taking notes, so we talked about fear, now let's talk about anger. Let's look at how does Proverbs deal with anger? Chapter 1, verse 7 has anger in it. Let's look at that again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So I looked up this word despise. Um, we don't use that that often. Uh, Devin was mentioning earlier. Disdain might be another word. It's used in Hebrew to um, hold something over someone. It, it, it's holding someone in contempt. Think of them with little importance. It, it relates to hate. Um, Proverbs uses this word 12 times, and then it uses the word hate 26 times. Solomon encourages his sons to avoid this feeling. He says he actually brings it up uh, again in chapter 1, verse 29. So if you, if you have your Bibles at 1-7, you'd go down to the end of chapter 1, verse 29, through the next three verses. He talks about fearing the Lord. He talks about hating. He talks about despising. This is what it says. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord would have none of my counsel and despise all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have the fill of their own devices. We're kind of getting in the middle of the thought there, but what he's saying is there are consequences when my sons, if they go run down this path of despising the Lord's teaching, 
of hating what is true and what is good, what's lovely, of hating the, the way of the Lord, of not fearing the Lord, there are consequences, and he gives them over to their consequences. We, we see this, this negative result of this feeling and the outpouring of this feeling, not only in this passage in chapter 1, but we see it throughout Proverbs. For an example, chapter 10, verse 12. Chapter 10, verse 12 gives another result of a consequence of this anger let loose. It says this hatred stirs up strife. Specifically, strife among people or conflict, quarreling. Um, So the big idea, the big idea is Proverbs teaches us that emotions can be good or bad, that fear can be good or bad, or hatred, in this case, or anger can be good or bad. It's how we deal with it or where it's directed that matters. It's where it's directed. So how could anger be good? In what case could it be good? Well, Proverbs will talk about that. As we keep reading through Proverbs, chapter 8, verse 13, for example, we see the voice of Lady Wisdom. So the author is speaking through Lady Wisdom, God's heart. And she calls the sons of Solomon, the children of God, to this, saying this, the fear of the Lord, which we want to pursue, is the hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. So God is calling us to move towards fearing the Lord and move towards anger or a hatred of what? Of evil. And he says of himself, you think about God, God is loving, right? God is love. God, the loving God who is defined by love hates pride and arrogance and perverted speech. If we were to jump to chapter 13, verse 5, I don't think I have it projected, it calls us to hate falsehood too, to hate lies. He, there is a place for anger in the scriptures and for God's children. God wants us to be angry in certain ways. And it's what we do with that anger and where it's directed that matters. And we see this in the New Testament. Maybe you remember Paul. He says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, Be angry and do not sin. So we should be angry, but not sin. At what point should we be angry? Can you think of a way, a place where it's okay to be angry? I think when we see someone who's, you know, you read the news headlines and you see some of the atrocities that are committed across the world or in our own country, and you, there is this uh, righteous indignation or just disgust or disdain or contempt or anger at injustice, that's a good thing. It actually would be, you think about it, it would be actually bad to be rejoicing in evil or to not be angry at someone being murdered. We should be outraged. Jesus himself was to the Pharisees who were corrupt. Now, you might think, okay, how can I justify anger? Because it really feels like most of the time this isn't really righteous anger. Um, and I, I would have to agree. I mean, our, our motives are mixed it's hard to, to be in those situations and not have it go towards the wrong end of anger, and we probably should lean toward, away from that. But the big idea here is as we look at Proverbs, how does it deal with emotions? There are times where it's very appropriate for us to be angry, and there are times where it's very inappropriate. But it's very appropriate to be fearing, fearing the Lord, and it's inappropriate 
to be afraid of what other people think of us at the expense of following the Lord. So we see emotion as part of being human, part of who we are. It's not an inherently evil thing what, um, in, in the Scriptures. It's just part of life. It, and this isn't the only emotion it talks about. The other emotion is love. I was looking at uh, Proverbs. How many times is the word love used? It's used 27 times. Uh, so it talks a lot about love. Solomon encourages us to love. Uh, and other times, he encourages us to discourage love. Can you believe that? Like, sometimes we shouldn't love. So what does he say about what we should love? Chapter 12, verse 1, we are to love knowledge. We are to love knowledge, the pursuit of knowledge. Probably the things of God. We are to love truth. We are to love wisdom and discipline. What are we not to love? So I looked, I looked up different ways he used the word love and what we're not to love. Chapter 20, verse 13. This is a little hard for me. Don't love sleep. Don't love sleep. That's kind of hard because I really love sleep. But what he's saying is don't be lazy, right? Um, don't love pleasure. Man, pleasure's nice. And with that is wine. Don't love wine. In wine country here, be careful because what happens when we love these things and we worship these things, we dedicate ourselves to these things. Well, if sleep, it could be laziness. With wine, it could be alcoholism. Don't love wrongdoing, chapter 17, verse 19. Don't love wrongdoing. Some people love wrongdoing. Proverbs teach us that the feeling of love can be good or bad. It's how we deal with it and where it's directed that matters. So how do we deal with the full gamut of emotions we face, you know, Monday through Sunday? Solomon says this in chapter 423. I love this verse. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows a spring of life. Keep your heart with all vigilance. How? How do we do this? Is there a switch we can just turn off when the kid's misbehaving? You know, again and again and again. How do we move towards the fear of the Lord? Hatred of evil. The love of God. And move away from the other things we're not supposed to be doing. Well, I've got four different steps that I, I thought would this be helpful. And I tried practicing this this week because um, the Lord gave me these, all these opportunities to, to feel. Um, this week my wife's like, you're a feeler. So I, I know, I know I'm, I'm working on it. Um, the first thing is we've got to acknowledge what's going on inside us. We have to acknowledge the feelings that are going on inside us. And for some of us, this is really hard. Uh, we don't know how to answer. Yeah, how are you feeling? Not good. You know, and that's about how it, it goes. Uh, some of us would say we're thinkers, not feelers. For some of us, we don't like emotion because it feels like we're out of control or we've seen it abused. And so we stuff it and repress it. Uh, maybe you said, you know, I'm not, I'm not really not emotional. Um, it reminds me of times, you know, my, uh, my wife will say, uh, why are you so crabby? I'm like, I'm not crabby. And then you get angry, like, what are you talking about crabby? I'll show you crabby. You know, I mean, you know I'm not angry. Um, and it can become obvious that we're actually angry. Um, sometimes the people who say that they're not emotional are the most emotional. It just, it comes out in odd and inopportune times. Uh, maybe that's happened to you. What do we do with these emotions within us? Uh, when the best effort we put forward, it, it it's pretty crummy. Well, the first thing I think is just to acknowledge, acknowledge what are we feeling? 
So here's an exercise. What are you feeling? If you have a, a pen and are taking notes or a phone, think through it. What are you feeling right now? And it, and it could be more than one thing. So you could be like, I'm tired. You know, I didn't sleep that well. Um, I'm hungry. I'm, it's almost lunchtime. Um, I'm angry because there's something going on in my life. I'm scared. What are you feeling? Just think through that and kind of put a pin in that right now. So acknowledge what you're feeling. I think that's important for us. If we're supposed to guard our heart with all vigilance, what's going on in our heart? Right? Uh, the second step, I'd say, is to hold back. Where do I come with that? Well, Proverbs chapter 29, 11 says this. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds back. So there's a time for us when we should hold back, be self-controlled. We must not be fools and you know, emotionally barf on everyone in the name of authenticity and transparency of what we're feeling and thinking. We must learn to hold back. The New Testament talks about taking our thoughts captive for Christ. Too often we Christianize our gossip and complaints and just are, we're processing, we're, we're verbal processors. We need to be self-controlled and measured and careful. And that's not to say that we bottle this all our emotion up. It's not we're talking about bottling our emotion up and becoming like Incredible Hulk. And then at the slightest offense, we're exploding uh, into our green self. So how do we gain control? Take a deep breath. I think journaling is a good way to kind of acknowledge what's going on. Sometimes to gain self-control, I've, uh, I, you get an email where this is so frustrating. You're writing out a response. I'll write out the response, but I won't send it. You wait a day, right? Or you get these texts, and the texts just get escalating, or emails get escalating. Pick up the phone and call a person. Just get, gain some control, whether it's taking a deep breath Get, taking a pause. The blessing about being a follower of Jesus is the, God has given us the Holy Spirit. You remember the Holy Spirit with the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Self-control is one of them, right? It's love, joy, peace, patience. So the Lord is going to equip us and help us in this endeavor. That's a great thing. So we want to quietly hold back and not give full vent to our spirit. So what do we do? When Monday morning rolls around, we wake up late tomorrow. What do we do when someone has you know, texted us and we just, we just fire one back and we're like, oh, no, I can't undo that? How, how do we control our feelings um, when we get in the car and we're driving and realize that whoever drove it before us didn't fill up the tank with gas? You know, I'm not, and this isn't autobiographical, so I'm not in, in implicating anyone. Um, but I'm just imagining, what do we do when we, we're driving and the, the, a light comes on in the dashboard that shouldn't, and you're hoping it's just an oxygen sensor. Um, what do we do when uh, we get to work and, or get to, get to school and we grab our laptop and it slips out of our hands and the screen spiderwebs? What do we do? How do we handle our feelings? How do we take control when our days like Alexander's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day? How do we not slip into a chain of profanities kick the dog and slam the door? Um, how do we guard our heart above all else? Take a deep breath. Recognize what's going on. 
And, and thirdly, I think we, it, if we try to get some control, we gain some perspective. Remember our perspective. So remember that, that, that feeling that you put a pin in. There's, there's another level of, okay, I'm feeling angry. Why am I feeling angry? Ask yourself the deeper question, what's going on underneath the surface? Why am I feeling that way? Why, why am I desi- what am I desiring? What do I want to happen? What am I afraid of? What am I craving? What am I hating and angry about? We can drill down, and, and I think it'd be good, just even as, we're, as you're listening, to think through, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? That's, another part, that's part of perspective. There's another part of perspective. As we kind of drill down and kind of this introspection of self-awareness, I think there's another thing that we have as Christians that no one else has. We have God's Word. We have His perspective on our world and reality that can help ground us and anchor us and help us in the midst of this broken world that we live in, of disappointments and frustrations. So we get God's perspective. So we face weariness and insults and threats. We go to his word and we can trust in him that he will take care of us because he's promised that. If we have faith in Jesus as our Savior and someone's threatening us, though we die, no one can take away what he's given us in Christ. We will rise again. If we find people aren't giving us what we want, we can remember God has given us more than we can ever ask or imagine. If we're not respected and listened to, they aren't listening to me. They aren't respecting me. If the world falls apart, we can remember that God is our refuge and strength, as Psalm 46 says, in times of trouble. We can remember what his word says, that he cares for us. He hears us. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he is with us. So we start, to, we start with where we're at, where we're feeling, but we've got to go back to the Bible and remember what he said. His word is true and, and can root out the lies that can take our emotions on this roller coaster and build walls between us and God and walls between us and people. Uh, this week I, I brought um, my guitar here. Um, and I, I played guitar with a friend this week and I, and I pulled out the guitar. Is, that, is there something wrong? No? Did someone say that? <laughs> yeah, it's out of tune. And so I had to pull up my phone. There's an iTunes app or an app on iTunes, and uh, you can uh, tune your guitar to it. And if him and I were to play guitar with both like our guitars just without tuned up, it would sound really bad. We had to go to outside source to sync up, to make ourselves in tune. I think that's the way in life uh, is with our emotions. We need to go back to the Bible, to this outside source, to tune ourselves to, and align ourselves with God, to get perspective, to get proper perspective on what is true, what is right, what is good, what is lovely, what is praiseworthy. Because the world's going to have all its pers- common sense, and some of it's right, and some of it's going to be off. We need to align ourselves with the Scriptures. So what happens when we still can't get out of our, our funk? How do we gain more perspective? 
Well, Proverbs gives us, gives us some help. The, the, the author struggles. In chapter 20, verse 9, he says, Who can say, I've made my heart pure? I'm clean from my sin. Who can say, I've made my heart pure? I'm clean from my sin. This is a rhetorical question. Is he saying that he can do that? You just got to think harder. His answer is actually in another book that he wrote, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. He says, surely there's not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. The reality is, when we come to the end of ourselves, we're not, all, not all is lost. We have a loving Heavenly Father who is there to help us. Solomon and, and the people of God, they, they recognize their need for a merciful, ste- loving Father, a stead- the steadfast love of God, and so they offered sacrifices every year to make atonement. And they look forward to the Messiah coming. We can look back through Jesus as the once-for-all sacrifice who helps us when we're helpless. When we can't go any farther with trying to feel rightly and think rightly about things. When we have His, his Spirit in us and His Son who saved us that help us. So we gain perspective in remembering that our ultimate hope comes from Him. Now, why would God care so much? Another Proverbs helps us, uh, reminds us of his, this character, Proverbs 3.11, or 3.12. I, lo- I love chapter 3 because it points us to trusting the Lord. You might trust in the Lord with all your heart. Look at 3.12. The world's, let's say your world's upset this week. Your apple cart's totally fallen over. The Lord reproves him he loves, him whom he loves, as a father, the son in whom he delights. What I love about that is it, it expresses the character of God. The psalmist or the proverb uh, author is saying, you know, when you're, this hard, you're in this hard circumstance, it feels like God's disciplining you. He is actually loving you. I think of my children, um, and I, when we go to the beach, I put sunscreen on them. I care about them. They may not like it. Gets the, it's, it's sticky, it's gooey, it's, or it's slippery, slippery it it's takes time. But I do that because I love them and I care for them. I care about other kids, but I'm not going to do that to other kids. I, I care about my kids. And God cares about us. And we may not like the discipline that he offers, but he does that because he loves us. Do you know God's love for you? Uh, how about this other word that's used in chapter, 12, or chapter 3, verse 12? He delights in you. Do you feel that? I imagine the Lord opening up heaven and shouting out, Hey, I love you. Can you picture that? Some of you can. But some of us really struggle because we know our past and we think, well, how could he love me because of that? But how does he love you? He demonstrates his love for you. And while we're still sinners, he dies for us. He, Christ dies for us. That's Romans 5.8. He demonstrates his love in this profound, unbelievable, incomprehensible ways. And the pro- author of Proverbs, as much as he's calling us, follow him, follow him, follow God's ways, follow God's ways, ultimately we need to trust in the Lord and trust in his love and his power to help us love the things he loves and feel the way we need to feel. So we gain, we gain perspective. We, we want to acknowledge we acknowledge the feelings that are going on in ourselves. We want to gain some control. We want to gain biblical perspective about what's going on. What do we do when that's, okay, I've got 30 seconds. I'm going to respond in a really bad way. How do I, how do I deal with this? I love how Proverbs wraps the book up. Chapter 30. Chapter 30, it's great. Chapter 31 through 4. 
I, I had a, a youth pastor who's like, this is my life verse. And I, I joked about that. And he was like, what? And it's Proverbs 30, verse 1. Look at this. I am weary, O God. I am weary, O God, and worn out. Actually, verse 2 is his life verse. Surely I'm too stupid to be a man. <laughs> I have not the understanding of a man. And there's just this humility here in this passage. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. He's written all about wisdom. Here's the path of wisdom. And here he is. He's weary and worn out. We sang about this in the beginning of our service. And maybe you're just weary and worn out. He can relate. I can relate. I've, I've not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. Who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is the son's name? Surely you know. He's speaking to God a prayer that I think we can speak as well. God knows who ascended to heaven and who descended. He knows who controls the wind. He knows um, he can wrap up the water and he made all the earth because he did it. And he knows the son because it's his son, Jesus. And we do too. God is our hope, our only hope and help in times of trouble. When all our lives, all our life, including ourselves, seems out of control, if our feelings are going haywire in a moment, what do we do? We can do what this author did, and we can pray. We can tell God what we're feeling. We can tell him that that we're worn out and we're weary. We're sick of this. He won't hear anything that he didn't already know but it allows us an opportunity to connect with the living him, the living God. And he's inviting us in to that. And we can do that right now in our hearts too. We're in good company. God wants us to share with him the good, the bad, and the ugly. To, to, to vent and to process with him is a good thing. He's not going to be shocked or surprised. The New Testament calls us casting our cares on him like a big fishnet. Casting that care. So we want to acknowledge what really is going on. We want to gain some control, move towards control, and gain some perspective, specifically scriptural perspective on what is real. And then we want to pray and ask for God's help. So let's do that right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for for loving us so much, calling us your children and delighting in us, loving us by by sending your Son to die on the cross for our sins, Lord, we confess our sin. We've not loved you with our whole heart. We've not loved our neighbor as ourself. God, we ask for forgiveness, and we thank you for that forgiveness poured out on the cross on our behalf, and thank you for a new mercy, a new day to experience your grace and mercy. Help us, Lord, as we experience the ups and downs of life and are tempted to feel ways that we need to have control over and tempted to lose control and and tempted to feel things we shouldn't feel about things we shouldn't. And so we need your help, Lord. And we thank you for your spirit to give us self-control and for giving us uh, this day and this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. If you would like more information about Sawyer Highlands Church and Converge Community Church, 
and the service times for both campuses, please visit our website at www.sawyerhighlands.org. Until next time, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.